Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hello again, podcast listeners. We're so excited to have you. This is Andrew McPeak here, and joining me, of course, is Dr. Tim Elmore. How are you today, Tim? I'm well. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm very excited for today's conversation. We're talking about delayed gratification in kids, and I can't wait ah, to get started. I see what you did there. Yeah. Okay. How about that? <laughs> uh, you always get to make the, the bad jokes on That's here, right. so I've got to throw one out. For bad jokes are not relegated just to me. That's you can, correct. You, you we got to share them around. That's right. So obviously this conversation on delayed gratification, we hear this everywhere. Kids yeah. can't wait today and we yeah. can't all this kind of stuff, but you've got some really great insights for us. And I think it's going to be a different kind of conversation. Should be, but you've experienced it yourself. Talk about, we were talking about this earlier. Talk about a story from your life where you, you had a very difficult time delaying gratification. I did, yeah. So we all remember when we were kids and there was that gift, you know, that you really, really wanted. In this case, for me, it was Christmas. It okay. was a Christmas gift. Yeah. So around, it was like June, July, um, when I was growing up, this was this would have been early 2000s. Um, you know, you used to get the, the uh, Best Buy and Target and all those people yeah. send their little magazines to your house, mm -hmm. you know, here's what's uh, coming. And I remember seeing the first time there, the video iPod. Oh. So the iPod had been around for a couple of years, yeah. but all of a sudden they re they're releasing this new one. It's got a wide screen on it and you could put videos on your iPod. OMG. And it blew my mind, right? Yes. I can I can listen to music. <laughs> I never had an iPod before. I can listen to music and I can put my music videos or I even yeah. put a, I put movies on there, you know. Yeah. So we're months away from Christmas at this point, but I vividly remember being in the kitchen. <laughs> like how many months? I mean, it was probably four or five by the yeah. time I was actually so like maybe August or September. I must or have yeah, this, yeah, you right. know. Well, I looked at the price tag and I knew. I remember. I think it was two ninety nine. Okay. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And so I remember thinking, it's a little the the over under on me getting this thing is not so good for Christmas. <laughs> But, you know, I have a December birthday. So what I would often do growing up is I would go, could you give me a gift that's for both yeah. at the same time yeah. and spend a little more? Double your money. But in order to get that, I had to start working on them quick so, or working on them early. So I, I, I vividly remember being in the kitchen and like sliding this across the kitchen island to my, my dad and going, <laughs> this is what I really want, you know? <laughs> and I couldn't think about anything else for yeah. about four months. Yes. It did show up on Christmas, ah, which was the best thing ever, of course. But and I still have it today. It won't oh work, my God. yeah, unless right. it's plugged in. Yeah, but um, but it works uh, uh, even still today. And it was probably my favorite gift, Christmas gift of all time. So you're waiting on that, rather you know, rather than immediate gratification was. You felt like your odds were fairly good, but you still had to wait until December from August yeah. or whatever. It and was. I was never fully confident that it was happening. That's right. They yeah. never said, "Okay, we're going to do that yeah. for you." So even on Christmas, it was not super clear exactly what yep. was going to happen. So yep, yeah, pretty interesting. But I, I know um, you had something similar happen when you were growing up as well. Correct? I did a totally different story, but I, I I had my own version of learning to wait. Yeah. So. Um, this is kind of a fun memory that I have, but one of the best decisions my parents made was the summer of my 11th year. So I was 11 years old. I begged them to let me go to Bobby Leonard's sports camp. Okay. Yeah. So Bobby, I love that name. Bobby Leonard was a uh, former basketball player, and then he was coach of the Indiana Pacers at the time. Yeah. I lived in Ohio at the time, but I'd heard about this really cool sports camp in Indiana. One state over. And you had to go. Three hours away. 
So I pestered my mom and dad long enough to convince me, convince them, I'm sorry, that it was a good idea and I had to work hard. Well, my parents dropped me off on Sunday and they were to pick me up the following Saturday. So it was a full week for an 11-year-old, okay? Um, The place was beautiful, I might point out, with baseball diamonds and basketball courts and football fields. At first, it looked like heaven to me, okay? But by Monday night, Monday night, I was begging my mom and dad to come home. Oh my gosh. I was homesick. Oh. Yeah, so this goes, every kid probably, or most every kid goes through this. Most 11-year-olds, yeah. I'd say, yeah. Yeah. So my parents handled this problem brilliantly. That's why I said it was to their credit. They listened to my complaint over the phone. They empathized with me and my feelings. They even recalled times when they had felt homesick when yeah. they were children. yeah. But then they didn't merely acquiesce to my wishes. So they told me that before they drive three hours over to rescue me, I should give it another day or two. Uh, We could talk once each night, but they wisely taught me that learning to power through negative emotions was actually good for my growth. Well, I didn't like it, but I I listened to them, okay? Well, they said... If I felt the same way on Wednesday, they'd drive over and get me. So now I had a shorter goal, and I thought, okay, I think I can, I ma- can make it to maybe Wednesday. make it to yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm telling you what, it was a brilliant meeting in the middle. Think about it. I, had na- I now had a game plan for a solution, but I also had the opportunity to grow, which exactly is w- what happened. Um, by Wednesday, our phone conversation was totally different because mm-hmm. I'd met friends and I was loving the basketball games and the, yep. you know, you probably won something. So by Wednesday, and... I go, oh, mom and dad, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, this is, I, I got to go. I got to go. I'm that's having right. fun. Yeah. You know? And that's, and that's exactly what they had the wisdom to know. Yeah. But they said, we need to give our son a little bit of hope that we're not just, I don't give a rip. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm not going to just come rescue right away. So everybody wins when caring adults, teachers, coaches, parents, leaders don't surrender, they teach. Mm. And that's what this is really all about. I love that. I love that. Well, so you and I were just talking because you talked with a camp director. Yeah. It wasn't Bobby Leonard Sports Camp this time. (laughs) That's right. But a different camp director. He is operating today with today's kids. Yeah. And what he told you was a completely different story than the experience you had when you were Quite the opposite. So this executive director of a summer camp was just telling me, man, the camp seemed long this year. And I said, how come? And he said, I think the camp seemed long because my patience was short. <laughs> I thought that's pretty pithy. That's tweetable. Yeah. But when I asked what made his summer so hard, his answer surprised me. He was most concerned about the number of campers who left camp early. Oh. So now this was like the trend. Okay. Interesting, huh? Yeah. So a disproportionate amount amount of kids had requested and received an early departure. They were rescued by their parents. So unlike mine... Surprise, surprise. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And I don't want to say these are evil parents, but they just... We just cave. Yeah. So now, I say that especially because of the reasons. Listen to this. One camper complained that a cabin mate had told her that the shampoo she used was a bad brand. (laughs) She felt bullied. Yeah. So mom and dad came over. Yeah. Um, Another camper wanted to come home because a fellow camper said that she shouldn't wear that shirt with those shorts. That just sounds like good advice to me. But yes, but I'm coming home. I'm I'm out of here. You know, it hurt her feelings, obviously. Um, And then still another camper complained that her fellow campers didn't share the hammock one afternoon. And so she felt like, oh, I got to come home now. This is not an optimal scenario. Well, it isn't. Yeah. But isn't this great preparation for a life full of 
less than optimal scenarios. scenarios. Yeah. yeah. So in each case, I just want to point out the parents swooped in to save the day, feeling like yeah. this is what we want to do. Yeah, rather than recognizing what a great opportunity for my son or my daughter to uh, learn to yeah. negotiate conflict, yep. to, to deal with difficult people, right? All of those mm-hmm. things, or even just delay the gratification of, I want to come home now. I may not get to. Yeah. N- not negotiating or meeting in the middle like your parents did, but just going, oh, that sounds terrible. I'm sorry about the shampoo. Let me come rescue. Here's what I think we don't like. I think we as caring adults, and I'm, I'm, I think you're caring adults listening here. I think we don't like the emotionally charged conversations that happens when we do choose to teach life skills instead of give in. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to not buy the iPhone right away, or it's hard not to do this, that, or the other. It's easier just to cave because we have the money, let's get it. We have the car, let's drive over and rescue. But, But what's much more powerful in the long run is to do the teaching and say, brace yourself, sweetheart, to your spouse. This is going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder to what, what, to what degree smartphones are playing a a part in this, right? You got to call your parents one time a day in the evening, whereas this kid is probably sending a barrage of texts to mom. Each day. Each day. It's miserable here. I can't stand it. I have to go home. So I I would imagine it's probably very difficult to be a parent and getting that onslaught of, am I a horrible parent letting my kids suffer miserably a couple hours away from home? That's difficult. So my big looming question that I want us to answer, at least partially during this podcast, is this. Yes, we live in a world where we look at kids and go, kids today, they can't delay gratification. But are caring adults often part of the problem? In other words, it's not just the phone. It's not just culture. It's not just TV or whatever. Uh, It's part of the reason young people aren't learning problem-solving skills, resilience, and resourcefulness is because we sabotage this delayed gratification thing. Could it be that grit and growth are stunted because we risk too little and we rescue too quickly? Yeah. Reminds me of a book that I read years ago, (laughs) 12 Huge Mistakes Parents Can Avoid, that you wrote uh, that was all about this subject. But I think that is possibly happening. So we're going to get towards some answers. You know Tim likes to give us practical advice on how to build uh, grit into our our kids. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a tool we want to show you and talk to you about uh, that helps actually build grit in the next generation. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Andrew here. I'd like to talk to you about one of our latest resources, Generation Z Unfiltered, facing nine hidden challenges of the most anxious population. Those born since the turn of the 21st century have grown up in challenging times, full of polarization, panic attacks, pandemics, and protests. These shifts have shaped a generation of young people that we call Generation Z, and they are now the most overwhelmed, and the most empowered generation in human history. In our book on Generation Z, Tim and I give an unfiltered view of just who these kids are and give teachers, parents, coaches, and leaders practical advice on how to tackle nine of the greatest challenges today's students are facing. Pick up a copy of Generation Z Unfiltered today at growingleaders.com slash store. All right, Tim, we're back. So we're diving into what do we do about this lack of grit, this lack of ability to delay gratification? I know you've got some uh, great advice uh, for us, 
But I, I want you first to talk about what is it that makes it tough to cultivate growth yeah. and grit in our students today, in our kids today? Yeah, I believe for a long time that context explains conduct. Yeah. So from a biological standpoint, a teenager's brain is a bit of a train wreck, okay? Lots is <laughs> yeah. going on. It's we not knew that fault. probably before, but now we've got That's evidence right. to show. That's it. right. So first, uh, it's low on myelin, uh, the coding that allows uh, various regions to communicate with one another in the brain. So we have a disconnect. And next, the prefrontal cortex is developing at warp speed. So topics that a child once took for granted, like believing their parents know everything that they're talking about, now seem ripe for reevaluation. <laughs> That's a very kind way to say yeah, that. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So finally, in addition to acting on seemingly every impulse, a teen is programmed to break away from their parents, to spread their wings. I want to do my own thing. I yeah. want to have my own way. So this is natural and healthy. This is part of how our brain is growing up, but it doesn't make it any easier for a parent or a teacher or a coach or an employer to lead that, that teen. Yeah. We want to rescue. We're nurturers. We, yep. we want them to be comfortable and safe and happy. Yeah. And we cave because we don't want the emotionally charged conversation. Yeah. So the challenge before us is that kids today are doing this breaking away thing, but they're doing it in a world that's not necessarily naturally giving them the tools they need to delay gratification. And they're doing it often with examples of parents who are not backing off enough to let them yeah. do it. And you've got a great thing. I know we probably talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. You put it in books before. But you have a great way to explain how you kind of think this happened. How did we get to the place where yeah. uh, kids have found themselves in this situation? Yeah, we have talked about this before. But it's such a framework that helps me understand what's happening in culture today. So um, our 21st century culture is a culture of speed and convenience and entertainment yep. and nurture and even entitlement, okay? These are all markers for all of us, yeah. old and young. Yeah. We, we want things faster and easier, more convenient, et cetera. But this diagram that I put together, it's really two columns, if yeah. you remember. If I grow up today in a world of speed, I can assume that slow is bad. Yeah. If I grow up in a world of convenience, I can assume that hard is bad. If I grew up in a world of entertainment, boring is bad. Yeah. If I grew up in a world of nurture where mom and dad are rescuing me from summer camp, yeah. risk is bad. I want to take a risk. I want to come home. Yeah. And then finally, if I grew up in a world of entitlement, I think labor is bad. I shouldn't have to work for this. Labor is bad. Now, I think you all get this, but this framework um, became an epiphany for me. When I look at the natural outcomes of a world of speed and convenience, slow, hard, boring risk and labor, those are the very elements that grow me into a person with grit, into a good adult yeah. that's able to navigate life's hardships. Yeah. You know, when when I'm I'm called upon to be a good leader, a good husband, a good father, a good a good person. Yeah. So when I don't when I'm just not able to delay gratification, when I eat that marshmallow, remember the marshmallow experience first? Yes, step, yeah. And I, and I don't wait for the second one. It doesn't show up with great results later. Yeah. I, I, I cave and it doesn't pay off later. Yeah. So in other words, if we are going to teach them to actually garner some of these skills that we feel like are yeah. missing, we're going to have to act a little bit uh, separate from the natural world that, that we're Countercultural. Yeah, we're going to have to be yeah. countercultural. No doubt. So you've got four ideas. They're all very practical, uh, and they're promised in the title of this podcast, actually. Yeah. Four great ideas, and we really do believe they're great. So walk us through these four ideas and how we might implement them. 
Um, listeners, I'm going to give you four ideas. Um, all of these have worked for me okay. and the work for the kids that I raised and, and many of the kids that I taught that took me up on them. I would just say they'll probably spark even better ideas of your own. Yeah. Some of these are just, well, yeah, of course. Don't stop with four. That's right. Yeah. So idea number one, I suggest you follow the 48-hour rule. Follow the 48-hour rule. So this combats the urge to impulse buy or to react to something in the heat of the moment, okay? It's wise for students to follow the 48-hour rule, which means they delay a purchase or a reaction on social media two days if it's not essential, okay? So waiting almost always helps kids restore a sense of logic. Isn't it true? Most of our quick reactions are emotional. Absolutely. Our long-term is usually logical, yeah. okay? Um, so I'm telling you, it calms our mind and it, and it calms our emotions. Uh, so I remember doing this with my own two adult children, okay? Uh, when my son Jonathan was young, he'd get an impulse to, to buy a product or a toy he saw on TV, and I'd try to share his enthusiasm. I didn't want to rain on the parade, but I knew he was in a stage where he, he changed his mind all the time. You yes, know? yeah, yeah. So I would say... Um, Let's let's just wait two days, or, or or even save a bit more of your allowance until you save up five dollars or ten dollars or whatever. But I gave him enough of a challenge where he had to wait in real. And usually, usually, yeah. not all the time, but usually, you go, yeah, I really don't want that after all. You know, yeah, yeah. I want this yeah. instead. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it usually I still want something. That's but right, yes. exactly. Yeah. But the point is, both both options were a win. He he either waited and saved enough money or he changed his mind and he would save the money. Yeah. But the 48-hour rule is just, by the way, that's good for us adult listeners. It is. Before you send that post out that you're so mad at so-and-so on yeah. social media, just wait and calm down. Yeah. Or that email to a coworker that's or whatever right. it is. Yeah. It's such a great thing. Really what you're saying is sleep on it twice, yeah, right? That's right. Because the effect of having that day, those times, resetting your brain at night as you rest, you're going to make a much better decision. I love that rule. Number two, the second idea is to invite a confidant to hold you accountable or to hold them accountable as a student. So I gain an ability to delay gratification when I invite accountability into my life. Yeah. Each year, for instance, I find people I deeply respect who I trust to confide in. As I talk over <clears throat> excuse me, the choices in front of me, I know my accountability partner is going to be honest with me about my artificial rationale. Well, mm -hmm. I needed to get this or I needed to do that. Did you really? You know, yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. So author Jonathan Haidt, who I really appreciate, he's an NYU prof, says that our brains work like a rider mm -hmm. on top of an elephant. Haven't we talked about this before? It's so good. The rider on top of that elephant is our rational mind. And the elephant is our subconscious impulses, okay? Mm -hmm. Although the rider tells the elephant where to go, the elephant is much larger and tends to go wherever it wishes. Mm -hmm. And the rider ends up saying, well, that's where I wanted to go, you yes. know? And we rationalize even bad choices. Is that not true, Andrew? Yes. We do this all the time. So at the, it's at this point, the rider is rationalizing a poor decision to make it feel logical. I think confidants spot this. Yeah. We get objective viewpoints and they can hold students accountable, and for that matter, hold us accountable. I love this. It's such a great insight into how our brains work and acknowledging that if we are just left on our own devices, yeah. to our own devices, we are probably going to make a decision that's consistent with our emotional reactions yeah. rather than our logical thinking. So the way around this is bring other people into your life. I yep. love that.
All right, idea number three. This is one I've tried and and actually proven for many, many years, since I was probably about 20 years old. Okay. I learned this in college. Make the uncomfortable choice. So isn't it um, very tempting to do first, uh, you know, fun things first or easy things first or quick things first or whatever? When I make the uncomfortable choice, I build my muscles, my emotional muscles to delay gratification. So emotions can be unpredictable, but they're connected, Mm. okay? Humans are wired to find shortcuts, to seek pleasure, to find the path of least resistance, or I might add the least, least persistence. So we naturally look for comfort zones. To deepen their grit, your, your student's grit, challenge teens to choose the less comfortable path when faced with a fork in the road. Just make it a test. Challenge them, okay? okay. Student athletes, band members, whatever, okay? Uh, if teens do what is hard, not what is easy, they'll find that their grit will expand. If they'll embrace the uncomfortable, it will soon become more comfortable and more yeah, natural. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You're basically training your brain about how you think about the difficult things that are in front of you. Yeah, do the opposite. Do the reciprocal yes. of what you your your emotions or your lazy bones flesh want yep. to do. Yep. Yeah, and pretty soon you'll find that you don't have to work so hard at making that choice the next Absolutely. time. Absolutely. I love that. All right, give us the last one. Last idea. This is a bigger picture idea, but here it is. Um, think long-term, think big picture, and finish what you start. Mm. Think long-term, not just short-term today. Yeah. Yeah. Think big picture, not just my own life, and then finish what you start. I can delay gratification if I think what's best for my long-term future. I always make a better choice, okay? And when I think about what I want down the road, I see a larger vision. I'm wiser when facing hardships. Kids must not give up what they want most for what they want now. Mm. I love that statement. That is huge. My wife and I had our kids choose one activity each season and finish it. Like my son might go out for soccer or whatever, and about halfway through the season, he changed his mind. Remember, I told it you about that. It wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't fun anymore. I want yeah. to quit. Nope, nope, nope. You're going to finish the soccer uh, season. You're yeah. going to finish it. You don't have to play next season, yeah. but you're going to finish this season. Now, I know many of you listening do the same thing. I'm just saying this is good for grit. Yeah. This is good for delayed gratification. So setting and completing a goal is a surefire way to delay gratification or to build that muscle inside of us. I have actually found that the further out we can see Mm. into the future, the better the choice we make today. I love that. I love that. I I was actually talking with a parent a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things I was talking about is uh, often kids struggle with delayed gratification because they don't do what you are talking about here. They have no goals they can articulate. Mm. If you've got a 14 or a 15-year-old especially, somewhere in that kind of mid-teen zone, and if they cannot answer the question, what is one long-term goal you're working Mm -hmm. towards, that's probably a sign that they're going to make a lot of short-term thinking choices and not do so well at delayed gratification because it really requires you to have a goal, something you're working towards, Mm -hmm. to have a long-term mindset to make better choices today. It's a great insight. You know, um, I read a story recently that's such a picture of what we're talking about. Um, LeBron James, basketball legend, Mm -hmm. did something that I did not think was possible. But he took his role as a dad as important as his role as a Los Angeles Laker, NBA legend. That's awesome. So yeah, it's just it's just amazing. So he's attempting to be an assistant coach for his son's high school basketball team. So in the midst of all, you know, I'm trying to win ball games for the NBA, yeah. you know, team, the NBA LA Lakers. commercials and stuff. Yeah. So he can't be the, at every game, but he's showing up. This incredible. Can you imagine 
We're playing high. Who's that? That's that's LeBron James down on the bench. <laughs> so he sits at the end of the bench and he's grabbing water and towels for the for the boys who are playing, not just his sons. Wow. But the reason he said he's showing up is one, he wants to support his sons as yeah. a dad. But one, he's wanted to make sure they are able to delay gratification and build grit when because of the Last name they got, yep. they could get by a little easier. Yeah. They could, that's LeBron said, so do whatever he asked, you know, yeah. put him in, you know, let him shoot, whatever. Yeah. And no, no, pass the ball. Yeah. No, you have to sit on the bench a little bit, you know. So what a great dad in this sense, at least. Yeah. I don't watch him every day, but to know that he's there because he wants to make sure my son doesn't get any extra breaks because of who they are. I'm going to make sure they're building grit and mm. learning to delay gratification. It was step two that you talked about. Somebody was there to hold him accountable. That's right. He knew they're going to need extra because of all of the benefits they get from growing up in the family that they're growing up in. And I tend to think that his sons listen to dad, who is very big. Yes. Can I just say that? Okay. <laughs> I'd listen to him, so I, I assume they would. That's right. Um, so you, at the beginning of this podcast, I told a story of... Yeah. Um, uh, growing up, wanting an iPod when I was yeah. a kid. You actually have another iPod story. Yes. A, a great example of a dad who played this beautifully and helped his son learn a lesson in yeah. the process. So David Salyers is a great friend of mine. And uh, he, he and I both have sons about the same age. You know, I remember years ago, David told me a story. I've never forgotten it. And it has informed my leadership of kids mm -hmm. ever since that day. David was with his son, Nick, and this new version of the iPod had just come out. Mm -hmm. Okay, We were still using those. And Nick saw one more of them in the Apple store. And so he starts drooling, you know, not literally, but figuratively <laughs> yes. drooling. And he says, Dad, there's only one more left. We got to get it because I can't miss out. This is the iPod I've always wanted. You know, always yeah. wanted. It's only been out for a week now. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a brand new version. Well, David said to me when he told me the story, well, I had enough money and I could have just bought it for him. But instead, I said, well, Nick, um, looks like a fun uh, portable device. Uh, how much money you got? None, Dad. I don't have anything. I, you got to get it for me. And David said, I was faced with a choice. Mm -hmm. Do I give in and just not build delayed gratification? Just said, well, and David said, I got plenty of money. I could get it for him. My credit card, you know, had plenty yeah, of money. Yeah. But he said, I wanted to teach a lesson and yet still show love to my son. And he found an answer in the middle that I think was brilliant. David said, Nick, I'm going to buy this iPod, so we're going to secure it for, for our home, yep. for our home. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to put it up and away, and I'm going to hide it, and you're going to pay monthly installments until you paid it off. No interest, but you paid it yep. off, and then you're going to get the iPod. So it was both a sense of dad loves me enough to get what I really want, but I don't just get it today. I learned to earn some allowance, make the payment. And David said, I've never seen my son so grateful when the, when the payments were made and so able to delay gratification yeah. when he finally won what he really wanted. Because the goal was really clear. Yep, that's right. And it was knew, delayed. Yeah, and he knew exactly what it was. I bet, too, the joy of holding it six months later or however long it was would far outweigh yes. the joy he would have gotten that day of holding it. No doubt. There's something about it. Yep. I love that. I love that. Well, Tim, thank you so much for your wisdom and the practical insights you gave us today. I hope you guys listening found it very helpful. You might have been listening to this and thinking, this is a really great skill. I want to do this. I've got some great ideas, but but you may want to actually take it further. In fact, we would really encourage you to take it further. What if you weren't just building delayed gratification, but you were building all the life skills that the kids or the students that are kind of under your leadership would need? We've got a great tool for that. You've already heard about it. It's called Habitudes. And 
And our Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning program is our most popular program for middle school and yeah. high school students. And we would just commend you, commend that program to you. Look into it. We've got a great platform on Habitudes Online where you would find image-based learning ways of talking about uh, these really important life skills of which delayed gratification is just one. Uh, if you want to find out more about Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning, go to growingleaders.com slash S-E-L. We would love for you to do that. If you want to give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. That gets the word out about what we're doing here. If you found this particularly helpful and maybe you thought of a friend, we invite you to share that with them as well. We would appreciate that. If you want to connect with us online on social media, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore, pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, maybe subjects you think we should talk about or people you think we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. Tim, thank you again for giving us your wisdom. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. 